0: Hey, listener. This podcast is called Trigger Warning Romance for a reason. It is intended for an 18-plus audience due to the adult context and triggers that may be discussed in each episode. Please check the show notes for a full list of triggers and proceed with caution. You have been properly warned. It's time to count off the triggers. Hello and welcome to Trigger Warning Romance, everybody. I'm Nat, and we have yet another guest host. Welcome back to uh, narrator extraordinaire Corvin King, who actually recorded this book and melted my brain, and now I have to look at his face. <laughs> welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. This is—I love the book. I love Santana. I adore you. This is this is great. I'm looking forward to it.
0: This was an interesting experience. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I I loved the book. The book was great. You were great. It's just the fact that I know what I know you. So it's just weird hearing those words coming out of your mouth.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And those words were a lot. Those words were a lot.
0: Oh, yeah. We should tell them Uh, we are reading Heartless Heathens. By Santana Knox. Well, not reading, but we're discussing, and um, it's marketed as a "why choose Gothic romance," which would you agree with the that statement?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think, I think definitely why you choose it. it um, depending on what your understanding of what Gothic is, because yeah. it's not a, it's not the most commonly used like marketing descriptor. Mm-hmm. so if you have a good understanding of what that means in this context then i agree if you're just like a casual listener you might be like uh gothic you mean like the kids with the makeup <laughs> you know? yeah
2: know.
0: yeah because it was an interesting kind of political view right about mm-hmm. the world and um and in general, just like a take on Notre Dame and like the hunchback mm-hmm. of Notre Dame. But it, it definitely didn't have like everything that, you know, it wasn't a retelling by any means, mm-hmm. um, no. but it definitely had a lot of elements to it. And that was really fun because anybody who's familiar with the story could kind of like imagine the the cathedral and the bell tower. Yeah. Um, I loved the fact that Romina, the main character, was talking to the stone gargoyle, <laughs> and like because the poor thing was stuck up there for eighteen years all alone, and she was going a little cuckoo like anybody would. So she talked to the stone gargoyle and to the crow.
1: I think the best part is that yeah, the best part is that they weren't alive.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like you know, what I mean, in the in this version. They're not actually alive. So, yeah. Yes, she is crazy. She actually is looking to them. It hasn't been disney Disneyfied.
0: No, no. And she's. I love that she gave the the gargoyle a name. I don't remember what it was, but um.
1: Yeah, I can't
2: either.
0: The gargoyle had a sense of humor. You know, she was like, <laughs> "Oh, blah." blah. Again, uh, you know, it doesn't matter.
1: That's so her.
0: Yeah, it's so like you to say that. <laughs> Oh, funny! I'm just curious how, because one of the main characters' names was Corvin. Yeah. Did Santana name him after you?
1: Um. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of teasing back and forth about that. Mm-hmm. Um. And so the the consensus is maybe. Um. <laughs> essentially, like we. Yeah, yeah. So it it depends on on if she feels like saying yes or not. Um, (laughs) I I will say this. I will say this. Um, We have very similar hair. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have, we share an uncommon name and we both rode a, you know, 2015 Ducati Monster. So.
0: Yes. However, you're not covered in face tattoos.
1: (laughs) I am not covered in face tattoos yet. Ah. No, my wife won't let me do that. But I will be will be getting double sleeves.
0: Ooh. I'd yeah. like.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to.
0: What are we getting sleeves of?
1: That's a great question. So probably pretty nerdy. Um, I really like like the Silmarillion and uh Lord of the Rings and mm. like dragon slaying and stuff. So I'm probably gonna get like a giant black dragon wrapping around my arm fighting, um fighting a dude little elven guy in his like <laughs> flying magic boat wielding one of the Silmarils fighting Ancalagon the Black
0: <laughs> cool so speaking <laughs> of Lord of the Rings there's a lot of Lord of the Rings in this book mm-hmm. like a lot of references and oh, you're gonna hate me Um, I had to talk to Mr. Savage about all the references because I've never seen the movies
1: wow wow um <laughs> I'm sure we can, we can get past this. Um,
2: <laughs> Corbin's we just
1: have gonna to, quit
0: the podcast. <laughs> we just have
1: to, we just have to fight for you know what what we think is worth fighting for. You know,
0: um, yeah. So I'm not from this country, okay, and yeah, I feel that's like fair. I missed the Lord of the Rings kind of era because of that
2: yeah
1: i mean that's fair that's fair i was gonna make a more toward joke but that might be in poor taste
0: i mean i don't know you can go ahead i probably won't even know it i won't even know what you're talking about
1: okay the audience would be like dude <laughs> <laughs> that's where that's where all the bad guys are
0: oh well i am from a communist yeah. country that makes sense yeah you know
1: that it's makes like, sense. Uh-huh. If, if you don't get the reference and it's kind of like clubbing a baby seal and that's in an poor taste.
0: Yeah, no, don't, don't be, please be nice to me. I'm a nice person. Okay. It's not my fault. Well, I guess it is my fault that I haven't watched them. Um, They're just so long, Corvin. They are,
1: they are brutally long. They're agonizingly long. They're so long. It's, it's, if, if it's not something that you're excited about, it's, uh, it's a rough hoe to row or fuck that's a rough road to hoe <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> what we don't row hoes.
0: uh depends on the hoe possibly.
1: yeah fair fair <laughs> yeah fair okay but yeah mr, mr. savage is
0: sense. a big a big fan of the lord of the rings and i think tori is too so the podcast as a whole is pro lord of the rings it's just that i am um i guess a stain upon <laughs> upon this family. A
1: stain, <laughs> a stain upon this family. Yeah. I love no, it. I I think you're fine. I think you're fine. It, it would be awesome to be able to make Lord of the Rings jokes with you, but I will trust that just in good time we will eventually progress to that stage of our friendship.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having faith in me. I appreciate it. And um <laughs> I'm sorry for disappointing everybody for not having watched them, but I'm not going to lie to you. I'm always very honest with you about everything on this podcast, and you deserve to know. So, what I did do though is I read this book and I listened to this book. I did both. Double tip. Yeah. I did because, too. Yeah. Well, you should have.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I definitely listened to this book on one time speed. That was a dad trick.
0: I'm Why? Sorry.
1: Because I was, because I was saying it out loud. So it oh, was I get it. I get it. I get it. Okay. It, it, was, it. it was such a. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. I actually listened
0: to it. No, please. <laughs> I it went over my head. I'm. I've had a long day. It's we record at night, oh, and my. I've we've had a long yes. day. So my brain
2: same.
1: is a little same. Right.
0: But I listened at one point three speed.
1: That's a good that's a good moderate speed,
0: I feel like that's a decent speed. Ah, uh, I listen to most books at that speed because I'm from the Northeast. Mm-hmm. I'm used to listening. People speak much faster than most books are recorded., yeah. Yeah. and I just I can't listen to it at <laughs> the speed that it is recorded at for the most part.
1: I mean, that's fair. The way that it's described, like how you're supposed to do it as a narrator is they're like, mm-hmm. okay, you need to go the um, the speed, the, the slowest comprehending person can still get mm. it, right? Yeah. And so you kind of set it for the lowest denominator when it comes to speed. And then, because they can't really slow it down without it sounding weird. You can mm-hmm. speed it up and it sounds better fast than it does slow. Okay. So, you know, you don't want it to be like, Oh yeah, good girl. <laughs> <You> know, like,
0: <laughs> well, like, someone might like that.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, it's like an like an ant. Which, if you listen to Lord of the Rings, you would know that they they talk very slow. That that's not bad. One point three is not bad. When people are like, yeah, I listen to your books at like three times speed. It hurts my heart.
0: No, yeah, because you you lose all the inflection and everything at that speed. <sighs>
1: And they, they'll maintain that they don't. But I'm like, dude, I, I can't understand myself at that speed. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. The other thing that this book was a slow burn. Okay. <laughs> they did not get it on until like like actual sex. They did other stuff. But like actual sex. Yeah. They didn't do anything till like 70 some percent into the book
1: no it was it's interesting like sexuality begins early mm-hmm. you know and it's like and sunny i think sunny was the first one yeah sunny like he starts and he's ready to go pretty far he's like mm-hmm. gee i wonder if i could you know get my whole hand I'm like first of all that's never gonna happen because <laughs> that's reverse childbirth Yeah, um given how big sunny is Yes. Second of all, that baby would probably come out via C section because that's still too big, like even for childbirth.
2: Mm-hmm. Like that
1: guy's massive. So <laughs> I was like, no, no, Sonny, don't do that. And talking to characters like the real people.
0: Plus, she was a virgin.
1: I know. That's why I was like, dude, calm down, fuck.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was bananas. The first person who actually have sex with her though was Corvin.
1: Yes. yes it was and he was so excited he was like hey guys how's it going and they're like um what did you do yeah (laughs) like oh nothing
0: i like that it completely went over his head as to why they were holding like all of them were holding off on actual penetration yeah uh, because everybody who, I mean, you all should have read the book at this point. Why are you here if you haven't? Uh, because We're going to spoil it. <laughs> we're going to spoil the whole thing because of like, this is like almost like a post-apocalyptic world where the U.S. government has been taken over by the church. And so there is no more separation of church and state. Everybody is supposed to be worshiping, you know, the God of, this church and you're not allowed to have any birth control. You're not allowed to have an abortion. It it I li le- it, it was a very like you can tell that Santana was writing it during or right after Roe vade got kind of, you know, dispersed and she had feelings. Uh. Um which
1: <laughs> Yeah. There's no there's no wondering no uh, if the author has a message in this book.
0: Definitely. Definitely. And yeah, I mean, it was it was an interesting, like weird, not in a weird not not in a bad way, weird, but just like almost like an out-of-body experience reading it. Because I'm like, this is happening right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, when you when you read fiction and it almost hits too close to home. Mm-hmm. You know, it yeah. was it was definitely it was one of those things that would have seemed much farther fetched even two years ago.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. You
1: know, like just just a couple of years ago, it would have seemed like, wow, that's kinda out there. Like mm-hmm. no way and and then real life happens. And yeah, it's pretty easy to have feelings about it.
0: Yeah, of course. I feel like especially as a woman. Mm
1: -hmm. I mean,
0: I'm, I'm in, in a Northern, you know, blue state. So I'm not saying that it's never going to happen here, but it is much less likely. Um, yeah, but it's still just, it's just weird to think about because there's, this is happening all over the country. You know, anti-abortion laws are going in everywhere and we just keep hearing about Mm -hmm. these poor women who have to go through delivering babies that have no like chance of living and how heartbreaking that is for those poor women
1: it's unfair to cause suffering to to someone that that doesn't have a hope of life anyway yeah you know like to force them to progress to the point that they can perceive pain they can Mm -hmm. perceive fear all those other things when a a sad fate could have been averted um Early yeah. or at the very least minimized.
0: Yes, and it's healthcare, right? It's a lot of times. Yeah, abortions need to happen because it's not safe for the mother. It's not safe for the baby. It's just not safe for anybody involved. And I don't know. I mean, I don't think anybody wants to hear my my little take on it. But <sighs> I feel like if if you're reading this book, you're gonna want to know where I stand, and I stand with this book. <laughs> so yeah. I think that separation of church and state should be something that is um it, it was put into place for a reason, right? So my religion is not your religion and your religion is not mine. So as long as everybody kind of follows their own road, like go ahead, right? If you don't want to get an abortion, don't. No one's making you. Mm-hmm. Um and I feel like just birth control in general <laughs> is is a human right. Because, I mean, I don't know, did your sex class, like, sex education classes, did you have only abstinence? Or did you have, like, condom and all the other stuff that was explained to you?
1: Um, it was it was kind of a mix. Mm. Um, you know, you had what your church was willing to support and what your parents were willing to support. And then you had people that were intent on making sure you knew um mm-hmm more of your options and Mm -hmm. then there were other people that were intent on towing the party line of abstinence only so you would end up getting more information but different sides would disagree on what information was acceptable or accurate or um you know something and then you you also have like the moral and ethical judgment of your community associated Mm -hmm. with each of the various things you have at your disposal so I would say that it was definitely very, very purity culture is oh. what I could say
0: interesting, yeah, mine yeah. was definitely again, I'm in New Jersey, so it was I'm not saying it was perfect because it wasn't. Um, they did talk to you about abstinence, but they also gave you all the other options. It was definitely weird because I feel like I feel like it should not be the gym teacher like giving you this <laughs> this talk, right. right? <laughs> Maybe we should have like a designated health teacher. I don't know, because um, it was just weird mm-hmm. looking at my sweaty gym teacher talking to me about a condom. It was just very strange.
1: Yeah, so, but yeah. all right. And this here silicone pad goes over there, and then <laughs> kind of stretch it down <laughs> over this. And does anybody yeah. have any questions? I can go into more detail if you need it. Yeah, it was it's weird. like oh, weird. I'd be weird. okay without it. Thanks.
0: Yeah, but anyway, back to the book. Maybe we should talk a little bit more yeah, about. I don't know the book. where
1: that voice came from either. I like that.
0: I like that voice. It was a fun voice to listen to. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: So the one question I had was: Was Frollo her dad? Did we ever find out? Because he said he so, was.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I know that one. He was very old. Mm-hmm. So even when she would have been conceived he would have been very old. Two, he treated her like shit and he also um he also put her in positions where she could literally die. He was planning on letting her starve to death. Mhm. So and he treated her like property. So I think maybe he felt that he had invested the requisite time and inconvenience to claim her as a child. Yeah. But I I don't know. I don't think so
0: yeah i'm not sure i'm i'm not sure we definitely know that he was in love with karina her mom though yeah right because he he when they again that was such a well not again we haven't talked about it yet but when the epic scene of the four of them killing him what was like Mm -hmm. on the crucifix and like He's just saying, I think at that point, anything to keep himself alive. Um, <laughs> which is another reason I don't think that he was her father. I think he was just lying to her about it. Um so she was less I don't likely. think it would have
1: saved him either way.
0: No, I don't think so either, but you know, I think he was just like throwing anything out there to to prolong his <laughs> life. He said that he compromised himself for for Karina. And it's like ah, oh, so like did they do it like did he did he did he want her i don't know i think he definitely wanted her yeah
1: yeah i don't know because the other thing is you have to remember like anything that would be considered a comp- compromise for him yeah so like maybe the compromise was you know like i don't know like being willing to distract himself with taking care of a child or maybe Mm -hmm. the compromise was him being willing to be this awful person um, and pursue, you know, a physical relationship that was unwanted or, I mean, there's all kinds of, of things. When you have someone with a twisted moral compass like that, what they view as a compromise is not what we would necessarily view as a compromise.
0: Yeah, very, very good point. See that's why we have you on the podcast. You're smart. I'm just re- I'm just reading smart. words, and <laughs> you're smart. Um, oh, absolutely. I lo- I mean I like having you on the podcast for more multiple reasons. One is everybody loves you, and your voice is great. So this this is an audio visual. Not this is not a visual thing. It's an audio thing. And then, <laughs> good. because just- i have been
1: picking my nose the whole time.
0: Hey. What they don't know. Just it's fine. Oh, not, he hasn't been. But hey, so that's, that's somebody's kink, I'm sure. Has to be, right? Yep. The bodily fluid So I am just
1: like, oh, finally. A nose picking king. <laughs> yes. Mm. Uh, Get all up in deep black.
0: Speaking of bodily fluids, there was period s- sex in here, which I have never read before.
1: I think that that was actually, it was definitely a first for me in, I'm trying to remember if I've ever read like narrated period sex before. I know that it's the first time I've ever read it where the guy was just like completely reveling in mm-hmm. just everything that was going on. So I was like, wow, like my man is is going for it.
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> blood play was a whole different level in this book so there was a Uh, lot of blood blood play in this book
1: yeah it does fit so well thematically though Mm -hmm. you know like with you know women's rights and with um you know being like having autonomy for yourself physically and then also like not being ashamed of yourself and so i think to have a partner you know, revel in the sexual experience and the fact that, like, the details of the day are that you happen to be, you know, having your cycle. And he's just like, nice. What can we do with this? I thought that that was actually thematically brilliant.
0: It was. And it was hot because, yeah. like you said, he really enjoyed it. Um, He wasn't just kind of going along just for the hell of it. And also, like, they marked the grave that they did it on top of, which was just, it was just, bana- this book was bananas, everybody. If you have not read it, you should. Um, And I'm not the biggest fan of why choose. I think everybody knows that at this point, but I, I did enjoy this book. I feel like this is the first book. I understood almost like why it had to be a why choose. Because of the um the binding aspect, right? The three guys were almost like one because they had Arlen, their I guess caretaker, had who's also like part of the I guess like the satanic church, the like the opposition to the to the regular church, bound them to each other. Part
1: of is not really strong enough. Part <laughs> yeah. of is not really I mean the dude is like the the like absolute grand Popa, the head mm-hmm. of of the whole church,
0: yeah, so yeah, he was like the the yeah. but he bound the the three guys together with this like ritual that almost like sewed them together into one soul. so, and then she ended up doing the r- ritual at the very end to bind herself to the three of them as well. So there's a little bit of magic in this book, which was fun.
1: Yeah, I was like when I was first reading the book, I was like, so is this whole supernatural thing like actually going to be an element? Because like, Mm -hmm. you know, you've got books where there's like ritualistic elements and stuff like that. But it's more about the fact that there are these people pursuing this ritual than it is about the fact that there's an actual connection to other forces. Yes. You know, and so like because you can have know you can have a mystery or whatever and there's a satanic cult and you got to stop the satanic cult. First of all, first time the satanic cult has ever been the good guy. I enjoyed that. Yes. Um, but <laughs> the other thing is like, it's not like, oh, we have to stop the satanic cult because they're going to murder people for no reason. No, they actually have a connection <laughs> to other powers, which is really cool. It's It actually ends up being, you know, a tangible and important plot point.
0: Mm hmm. Like the the world building in this book was really fun to read because there was like the the school and then there was like almost that other world that they went to when they went like to the underground shops and mm-hmm. um and like the bartering system and everything like that and the symbolism of her having that knife on her at all times was fun cuz uh, I don't remember who I think it was Corbin who gave her the knife right yeah.
1: Yeah. Corbin was the knife guy.
0: He was the knife guy. And I'm also a knife guy. <laughs> I think we've gotten our answer, guys. I think the character was based on Corbin. Uh whether Santana's gonna admit it or not, doesn't matter. In my book, it was honestly the the minute I read Corbin I was like, oh my god, this is amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we actually we talked and I was like, okay. So, because I use the term "finger thunder," right, mm. to, to describe what it's like when someone's like typing on a keyboard line mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that, like, characteristic, like, you know, and yeah. um, so I, I imagine that probably sounded weird, um, <laughs> but uh, that that like finger thunder, and Santana was like, "Oh my god, I'm taking that," and I was like, "Okay, you can have that if you officially admit that that Corbin is me," and she's like. Uh, deal <laughs> I was like okay finger thunder is yours <laughs> so Yay! now she can use finger thunder however she wants so we have a we have like a under the table acknowledgement that is, uh, yeah it's totally me
0: that's awesome I'm very happy for you congratulations you've, you've made it in the book world
1: <laughs> right in a cool book too it's not like Yes, I you know I wrote you in my book. It's not very well written, and no one's ever gonna read it. But here you go. No, one. No, like, it, it was hey, a badass I, uh, character. I put you in this book, and he's like awesome. Rides a motorcycle. Yeah. He's really hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, fucks like a stallion. Uh, is that okay? I'm like, yeah, that's fine.
0: Yeah, and he's got a little bit of a mental problem, but that's okay. That's okay. We can work through it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not just that. Like the the way that like mental stuff is dealt with in this book i actually really liked because it doesn't normalize it in the way that it's like yeah see it's no problem it's like Mm -hmm. no no you know mental stuff very much affects your life and affects your pursuit of whatever you're doing in the story because it does Mm -hmm. but at the same time it doesn't invalidate this person as a character it doesn't sideline them as a character you know it's something that impacts their relationships and it impacts them but they work through it and they still develop these awesome, meaningful connections throughout the book. So yeah, I really like that.
0: I also really liked that Ramina wasn't just like a fix all, you know, because a lot of times mm-hmm. when we read these kinds of stories where let's just say the the hero has like PTSD or he has some sort of issue and he can never like sleep with a woman, like actual, not like fuck, but like actually sleep with a woman, right? Because he has night terrors, but he magically sleeps with this lady and his night terrors go away out of nowhere. And she's just the cure-all, right? A lot of times mm-hmm. that happens. Um, I think that happened in, I mean, it happened in a lot of books, but the first time I remember kind of reading it was in Fifty Shades of Grey because yeah um christian had these nut ni- these like nightmares and he thrashed and whatever and she he couldn't bear to put her to sleep in the other room so he slept with her and oh my goodness he didn't have a night terror so like she from now on he's fine as long as he sleeps with her like that's not how real life works you still need your medicine no
1: and it, there are some things that are a little outlandish and you know whatever and that's fine mm-hmm. cuz there are demons in this book. Yes. But like certain things are cute the first time you read them.
2: Mhm.
1: You know. Yeah. It's like oh that's a sweet little plot point. I will let you have that one little random like unrealistic thing. But when it's like oh, okay of course she fixes everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nope, no no mm-hmm. PTSD. He's never been to combat. Mm-hmm. He's fine.
0: He doesn't need yeah, therapy anymore. Yeah, no
1: it
2: does.
0: <laughs> I mean, and the the opposite is true because a lot of times I call it like the magic dick effect because something is wrong with her. But then as soon as, you know, he comes into the picture and like fucks her, she's she's perfect. You know, nothing's wrong. Everything's fixed. And it's like I said, it's the same thing.
1: You know what? You know why, right? Why? She just needed to take it out and plug it in again. (laughs) Boom! fixes everything.
0: Sometimes. And look, I'm not saying that a good decking doesn't help. A lot of times it does. Okay, but it's not a fix all.
1: No, no, it is not the WD-40 duct tape combination that they make it out to, (laughs) to be. Yeah, no, it does. It does fix some things. I will say that there have been times where it's like, oh, yes, you know, there's been all of this horrible stuff happening in life. I feel disjointed life mm-hmm. is hard and then it's like suddenly cuddles and then it's like i feel like a new man yes. that's amazing i feel so good
0: absolutely again i'm not i am not saying that that is not something that is helpful to life you know if i have a stressful yeah. day and I come home and I'm just like, babe, I just need to stop thinking for like half an hour to 40 minutes. Like, yes, that's amazing. Thank you for Mm -hmm. thank you for the orgasms. Sometimes I just need a like a brain boost of a reset. Right. But Mm -hmm. that's like short term fix. You know, it's I still need to go back and like work on whatever is stressing me out at work and fix whatever it is. Right. So I don't know. It is but it isn't i think so <laughs>
1: um funny funny thing i i remember i was super super busy with a million books as i usually am and i am right now but that anyway so i was like super busy and i was recording and i was like super stressed out and emily's like hey um like maybe come over here for an hour i was like that's a great idea and then i came back and she was like you can't record for a little bit i was like why and like my voice was like way down here and like super alive <laughs> And she was like, you'll never be able to replicate that. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> She's like, you sound just so surfer right now. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll have some <laughs> coffee. <laughs> she was like, so. <laughs> I was a geopet. I was yeah. one with the force. It was wonderful.
0: She's like, look, I don't have that kind of time to keep you relaxed for your all of your recording needs. <laughs>
1: it's like this book is gonna sound hella inconsistent (laughs) chapter one corvin chapter five
0: corvin (laughs) that's fine you know what i think that maybe you try that one time and see if anybody even notices because i doubt they will
1: maybe maybe not depends on the character if it's like felix where it's like you know chapter three felix Chapter five, Felix. Well, uh, you know.
0: maybe, may, hear me out, hear me out. But next time you do a why choose, you pick one character that's just really zen. That's and then,
1: a great idea.
0: Eh? And then you We've just record those chapters when you're feeling extra zen thanks to your wife.
1: That's genius. See, Thank you. We need to spend more time hanging out together. You solve all my problems.
0: Oh, well, thank you. I I'll spend as much time with you as you'd like. I I'm gonna be spending some time with you soon anyway, because I am I'm getting ready to do this row stuff.
1: You're gonna crush it. You sound your mic technique, your like breath control. It's all you're so far along, and I'm really proud of all the work that you put in. Thank you. I can't wait to see what you do with it.
0: I, I'm i doing it. It's just that as I, I keep telling everybody, um, I'm very busy with the podcast and with work and with my two small children. And mm-hmm. so I just need a little bit of time to spend because it's not a long book. No. I just need a little bit of time to like really focus on the book.
1: I have to say that even if like this isn't like a visual medium the way that you're doing it, but. It looks really sharp with like your mic and your headset and like your arm and everything like that.
2: Are you I insane? Mean,
1: you could, no, you can cause you can always put the
2: Are you blind? So the
1: background, the background you can like <laughs> fuzz that out or you can put a green screen behind you or whatever. But you know what I'm talking about? Like yeah, your actual setup. Your actual setup looks really sharp.
0: Oh, well thank you. Um I I'm in my literal closet surrounded by clothing. <laughs> Which you have told me is a good thing because it absorbs sound. So
1: it does. Yeah. yeah.
0: I have my fancy blinds in front. So that blocks all the like window noise. Nice. Nice. I don't remember what they are, but they're some sort of crazy blinds that block all mm-hmm. sorts of like, they're like soundproof and like heat proof and whatever. They're double coiled. I don't know, whatever. And then um, <laughs> don't ask me. My friend, shout out to my I'm like, you sound great. Yeah, no, no. Sound out to my friend because she works for a blinds company and she hooked me up with fancy blinds. So I appreciate them. <laughs> Thank you for the what? blinds.
1: Yeah. That's, that's fantastic.
0: Yeah. But no, uh, I think you are blind because I am not wearing any makeup. I am in my literal pajamas with my hair all frizzy because it was so hot today and so humid. Um, but I appreciate you hyping up my setup
1: <laughs> um i think uh i think maybe you know we talk about the female gaze a lot the male gaze like pretty girl no makeup like, like hair in a messy bun wearing pj's peak peak attractiveness <laughs> so <laughs> you're good to go you're good to go
0: thank you um however uh male gaze is amazing but most of our listeners and are female so
1: yeah yeah <laughs> i i think yeah male gaze is important in that understanding your partner for some of the listeners yes. understanding your partner can help you achieve you know greater satisfaction in that relationship
0: yeah it you you're definitely right because mr savage is like loves this out this this look is his favorite look um the no makeup Mm-hmm. The pajamas for you. I am wearing a bra for him. I usually don't, which is great. <laughs> so, mm-hmm.
2: yeah, uh,
1: yeah, it's a uh, it's funny how for one person one thing is a service, and for <laughs> another person the opposite is. Yes. kindness.
0: <laughs> absolutely. Much No, yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. I've had to learn that he likes different things than what I like. I always told him he has mm-hmm. a horrible taste in women because my taste in women is completely different than his. So, <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's hilarious. I I think like when you're a guy, you appreciate when your truck just came back from the car wash and it's got like a new coat of wax and everything mm-hmm. and it looks shiny and put together and you're like, man, I've got a nice truck. But there's something to be said about your truck completely covered in mud. You know, with like. You're, you're cooler in the back and, you know, a bunch of deer uh, or fish, <laughs> depending, on, <laughs> depending on the audience. Um, but, you know, there's something to be said about something mid-stride in life mm-hmm. and appreciating how it looks when the evidence of life is everywhere. And I think that that's part of what's so attractive about, you know, like your no-makeup, messy bun you know, pajamas. It's like, you are midlife and I love it because I love life with you. You know? Yeah. And so I think that maybe that's part of where our appreciation comes from.
0: That's a very interesting kind of view. I've never list, looked at it that way. So yeah, I could, I can definitely see that. Um, I'd have to, I'll have to ask him why he likes it because Like I said, he not that he doesn't appreciate when I get all made up. It's just that honestly, I don't think he notices. Like he's he he's just he's oblivious, you know. Unless I put on like a crazy amount of makeup, and then he hates it. He hates when I put on too much makeup. (laughs) I feel like it's a common guy thing.
1: I notice more than most. Mm -hmm. But um, and I'm definitely I'm definitely still a guy. I do identify as a guy, but like. I'm also like dimmy pan. Like, I'm not, I'm not like your average guy. Mm-hmm. And I am a hopeless romantic and everything. So, like, uh, I don't know if I count, but I notice, I notice all the little things. I'm like, oh, those are new earrings. Did you retint your hair? It looks nice. Wow. You know, like your nails, they look great.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, everybody's different. And like I said, I definitely feel appreciated. It's just, I'm also very oblivious to things. So like, I get it, you know, I feel like we all have to be a little bit more cognizant of our partners and what they do to for us. And everybody has their own, like, I, I don't, don't want to say love language because that's like propaganda, I think, but everybody has their own way of appreciating. And we have gotten way off topic as per usual on this podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we can we can dig through it. And no, it's okay. The nuggets of gold.
0: No, it's fine. It's just I think no, I think that's a good way to like kind of go about it because the three guys each had their own. Again, I'm just going to use love language because the only kind of word that makes sense right now, you know,
1: it's like trying to think of a different brand of Kleenex. Like, good luck.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Like Sonny, he was definitely supposed to be like the most imposing scary kind of almost evil right but i think overall and and you know felix was definitely the like golden retriever if that would not that that but like if we're going to classify him as anything because he was like the nicest mm-hmm. and he was supposed to be like the kind of the safe go- the safe one right because coravin was yeah unstable and and we and and sunny was evil
1: <laughs> and i mean that's fair it's like you know felix is like hey you doing okay you need a hot pocket or something yeah and corvin's like yeah maybe don't touch my fucking hot pocket mm-hmm. and like sunny's over there like when she goes for the hot pocket you think she'd stab me with a knife <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like um first of all why are you cutting a hot pocket with the knife and he's like I don't know, a man can dream, right?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, they're just, they're all like...
0: Can you can, can you guys just pay attention to my hot pocket? That's what she wants.
1: <laughs> exactly. She's like, um, I would like to keep it in the microwave as long as I want, and I decide when it's hot enough.
0: hmm That was fun. Like, I love that she could keep up with all of them.
1: I was just thinking, I was thinking back to, like, when it's, like, she's, like, staggering from one room to another. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah like a drunk but she's yeah. like just drunk on orgasms
1: <laughs> yeah she's on a bar crawl <laughs> like,
0: like dudes she's on a dick crawl
1: that's exactly what it is yeah. I was just chuckling at the mental image the first time I read it it was funny
0: <laughs> yeah it was funny this was a funny book for being as dark as it was there was a lot of elements of humor like I said from the beginning when she was like alone talking to a statue, very realistically, and then the I loved the in I guess it wasn't funny, but it was funny to me when her and she was she was talking to Risa for the first time, and Risa declared that she was her friend, and so because Ramina was kept away for eighteen years, she had absolutely no context of like really what a friend is versus what a lover is, so she just tries. To finger Risa because <laughs> because she thinks that's what friends do. It's downright charitable. Yeah. And Risa's like, whoa, 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 what? We're not that close. Like, we don't like each other like that. And then she had to explain to her, like, there's, I love how Risa definitely took her under her wing because she was like, wait, are these guys doing yeah. that to you? Like, because that's not okay. And she went in and Made sure that she had consent, even though yeah, Ramina had absolutely no idea what consent was.
1: Yeah, and it was interesting how there was like an assumption of non-consent when, because you know she's she was in this very vulnerable space, and mm-hmm. so Risa to to be like, oh wait, this has been happening because mm-hmm. like mentally, her development sexually at least, not you know not in her mental capacity, but like sexual understanding it Mm -hmm. was definitely not what we picture of in you know a consenting age adult yeah like because she hadn't really been exposed to really anything so like for her to be like oh my god she's so innocent she doesn't know these guys are totally taking advantage of her blah blah Mm -hmm. blah blah, blah. and she's like no this is great i like this no yeah and you know she she didn't understand consent she didn't understand a lot of things but she had formed opinions already
0: yes i mean because if you come to think of it as a it makes sense not not like not her not knowing but it makes sense that if she doesn't know and then somebody is making her feel good right because they weren't doing anything Mm -hmm. she didn't like she liked Mm -hmm. it she didn't and but she did know that it was technically maybe wrong which made her like it even more um (laughs) But yeah, like if someone's making you feel good and then somebody's else is saying, Well, you do like tell them you don't want this and, and you're like, no, but that feels great. I I, I want more of it, you know?
1: Yeah, it makes please. sense. Yes, yes please.
0: <laughs> Your brain wants more of it.
1: I would like to progress to the next level. Thank you.
0: Yeah. It was a very interesting social experiment of a book almost. Like what would happen if you took a person and you gave them only channel 13? <laughs> PBS. That's the only <laughs> channel she could watch. So like just Mr. Rogers on repeat. Like what would happen to that person if you let them into the wild?
1: If you reintroduce them to Skinamax.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Their brain will explode. I mean her brain kind of did explode in a good way.
1: Yeah it's like a pilgrim eating a Skittle or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like you go from like hardtack to a <laughs> Skittle. You're just going to die.
0: Probably, yeah. I mean, her getting drunk, which is how they discover her in the first place, because she didn't know what getting drunk was. <laughs> and she just read, you know, hard seltzer and how she's supposed to know that that's alcohol, right? She's just like, yep. oh, the soft. She's like, I wonder if soft seltzer comes in like a bag instead of like a can maybe, or, you know?
1: In a sense, is just like so much.
0: Hard seltzer tastes like nothing almost you know tastes like whatever fruit flavor they put in it it doesn't taste like alcohol so it i just it was genius although i don't know how manly hard seltzer is so i'm not sure why they had it like i don't envision them drinking
1: i don't know it's probably for felix
0: (laughs) probably it's probably
1: for felix felix is just like yeah i mean this is fine it tastes good Mm-hmm. But is it supposed to threaten my masculinity? No. It's fucking delicious. Either that or knowing Santana, Santana would have had Sunny drink it. And it would be like, <laughs> I dare you. I dare you to challenge him. like, I like Lord of the Rings in hard seltzer. You want to fight about it?
0: Yeah. And, like, I'm cu- um, and I have face tattoos.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Maybe not.
0: Yeah, and I'm a giant because he was super, I'm, a, I'm a giant. <laughs>
1: I'm a giant with the witch king of Angmar tattooed on my side.
0: And I, he did get her um Ramina's name tattooed on his I think his throat eventually, right? Which was I thought was super um adorable.
1: I honestly can't remember.
0: I think he did because he was I can't hiding it from detail. I think he was hiding it from the other two cuz like they asked him, "Oh, is that new ink?" and he was like, "It's nothing." Like pulled up his <laughs> turtleneck
1: (laughs) oh my god
0: yeah i mean what else is there's a lot to talk about in this book which i don't i like we're gonna bounce all over because i don't even know where to go like if i'm look, i'm looking at my notes is all i see is period sex interesting
1: (laughs) (laughs) he's not like a dungeon master it's like um i have all my notes for this session sexy goblin question mark (laughs) i think you could almost you could almost sum up a portion of the book like thematically with Mm -hmm. period sex like you really could because that you know kind of captures some of the stigma it captures you know the the like sexual openness of the guys and the fact that they don't put up with that bullshit um and that's the other thing that i really like like they're actually champions and yeah corvin fucks up and you know are we what are we not allowed to say in this?
0: You can say whatever show? you want.
1: Okay. So Corbin fucks up, and if I remember right, he cream pies her. And mm-hmm. then she gets she's like at risk of being pregnant and she doesn't really understand that. Sure. And they're like, dude. Like, literally, that's the one thing we're trying to prevent.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's like, oh yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other thing that's really interesting to me is when you do think about the fact that it's this intention, intentionally, intensely sexual book, and yet they don't actually have full-on sex until like the last third of the book. Yeah, it really kind of illustrates the impact that all of the societal repression is having.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
1: almost like you could, without getting like you know too nerdy with it you could almost look at it as an analog for people growing up in purity culture seeing like a fraction of their own sexuality until well into life until surprisingly far into life where they Mm -hmm. actually start to decide that they're going to have a more self-actualizing sex life and that they're going to handle their own sexuality the way that they choose and they find you know a group like book talk or something where it's like no 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 you do you yeah so that was it was an interesting analog that i was thinking about with the book
0: yes and it was it was a very untraditional but yet very traditional romance novel because it followed the like almost like the two for one but am- amplified it like the two for one orgasm rule that most romance novels mm-hmm. follow like the woman always gets at least two orgasms for every one that the guy gets because in the very mm-hmm. beginning, like she wasn't even allowed to do anything to them. Like not <laughs> not like a blowjob or a hand job or anything. You know, they would give her a thousand orgasms and then they'd go to, to sleep hard like over and over and over again until eventually, I think Sunny was the first one, to get a blowjob from her. I can't remember. But... um, I think so. Yeah. But even that, like, the that happened, like, halfway through the book is where they started to get a little bit of something back. But it was, like, all about her.
1: Yeah, and I don't think it was just about her and, like, the, like, oh, wouldn't it be great if these guys only cared about you? I think it was one of those things where they needed to engage with her as, as someone who had... Spent some time with their sexuality, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Before she chooses to give something back. And I think the other thing is, their relationship was such that initially she didn't really necessarily have a reason to give something back. No. You know, it was, it was a very, very much like a, a Stockholm Syndrome kind of <laughs> situation at first.
0: Not only that, she had no, she was very much backed into a corner. She had nowhere else to go because mm-hmm. Frollo publicly kind of disowned her and was like, I have nothing to do with her because he, he didn't want to get caught, you know, having done what he did to her by keeping her in that tower for 18 yeah. years with the toilet bucket, which we did not even notice. Uh, I mean, mention. Um, mm-hmm. And she
1: shot in a bucket.
0: Yeah. For 18 years. Can you imagine? That's yeah. insane. I mean, she, Santana kind of got around it a little bit because she said that she found like a broken toilet on one of the floors because she would climb around that tower uh, for when Frollo wasn't there to watch her. But yeah, so she had nowhere else to go, like unless she was going to go to a poor house, which was not a great place to end up. Or starved to death in, like, the woods. She had no no one else.
1: I think the other thing is, like, everybody's being exploited. Mm-hmm. One way or another. Everybody in that book is being exploited. Um, except for a few people at the top. Like, I don't think Frollo could be considered to be being exploited at all. No. Um, But, like, the guys. The guys are being exploited by Arlen Black. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're there. And the people... That are at the at the school, even though a lot of them are like really shitty. They're kind of they're being exploited as like cogs by the church, and you know. Then if you do go to the poorhouse, you're being exploited by essentially Amazon, Mm -hmm. Um, and so your best hope is to be overworked for this giant corporation that doesn't care and has a vested interest in keeping you poor.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Again, it was a very reflective piece on today's society, right? Because mm-hmm. there is very very few people with a lot of money who control everybody else. Which is exactly kind of what yeah. what happens in real life unfortunately, right? There's the you know, the 1% with the 90% worth of wealth and then there's the rest of us and we're kind of at their mercy. And while it, I mean the book was definitely at more of an extreme right there we have a little i'm not saying that there is a big middle class but we have a little bit of a middle class in this society thankfully for now there was no such thing in in this world you're either what you're either poor or wealthy that's it
1: and and no form of moderation for either of the two no it's not like oh you're technically below the pottery line it's like good luck finding food
2: Mm -hmm. yeah
1: (laughs) and um Either that or it's like, yes, this is my gold plated t- tiger. His name is Tony.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: He's great.
0: Yeah. It was, I mean, again, everybody, I feel like the people who disagree with this book are probably the people who are very religious. Because um, I was looking at the reviews of this book, and some people, there's a, a lot of reviews that are very negative. But that makes sense, mm-hmm. I feel like, because it is a very polarizing book. Like, you're either for yeah. or against this, I think. The book was, it was, a, it was a hard read because it was very reflective of the world. And, like you said, when it hits a little too close to home, you're like, yikes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think maybe part of where people get frustrated is if you're not looking for non con, mm-hmm. then it's hard to know how to feel in the first engagements that they have sexually in the book, because she really doesn't have a frame of reference for that kind of experience. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they are like, is this okay? Is this non con? Is she being preyed upon? Is this, you know, and I don't think that the guys, the guys aren't trying to get their rocks off kind of like what you said. I think maybe this is part of um, part of why Santana didn't have the guys get off initially you know I can only kind of guess but one of the things that it served to do is it made me not question their motives Mm -hmm. you may question what they do and go like yeah that's that's a lot that you know that's that's aggressive that's you know whatever um you know like maybe maybe she wasn't prepared to give consent in that situation or you know she wasn't ready to consent because she didn't know what she was consenting to yeah but you're never going to go like they're doing that because they're trying to get off
2: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah i i get it i love me some non-con we've talked about this before so i was perfectly fine with it (laughs) i actually didn't necessarily for me i think it was more of a dub con situation yeah yeah because she never well she said no but Sonny knew she wasn't really saying no. That's why he made her have that safe word of
2: safe mm-hmm. word. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah.
0: So to me, it was more DubCon because she was enjoying it. She just didn't know that she could say no to them. They never told her that she could say no. Actually, Sonny said the opposite. He said, You can never say no to me.
1: Yeah, you can't say no, but you can use your safe word. hmm. Because I think what it was is he's like, "You will jump to know before you mean it, yeah, so like I will help you get out of your comfort zone, and I'll give you the ability to stop this whenever you want, but it's not going to be with a word that you jump to before you mean it. Mm-hmm. so which i I you know a lawyer's gonna eat you alive well. <laughs> if you that in real life but in a book you know i like this sentiment you know we talk about we talk about dubcon and non-con and stuff and there's no such thing as dubcon in real life
0: no absolutely not
1: right there's there's not but there is in a book when you can know somehow magically that it's going to work out and you can know somehow magically what's going on in someone's head and what they really want and all that stuff and your faded mates or whatever it is yeah um but i yeah i like that and i think that maybe that's where some of the negativity comes from there are people who are looking at this and they don't have the experience in reading dark romance and other things to understand that debcon is a thing Mm -hmm. because it is very useful for exploring i mean one it, it can be hot if it's written a certain way but Beyond just that, it can be very useful for exploring your relationship with consent.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know? so
0: Yeah. No, that's very well said. And this is definitely not a beginner dark romance. Like, this is an advanced dark romance. I would never have... <laughs> yes. st- I would never start somebody with this, you know? um, yeah. But yeah, like you said, there's definitely no such thing as Dubcon in real life. In books, it exists because we can literally see what the uh, the the hero or the heroine are feeling and thinking right what they yeah. are saying and what they are thinking are com- can be completely two different things right and mm-hmm. what they're almost like that cliche of like what the body wants versus what the mind wants like that's dubcon and true non-con to make like a sexy non-con is very hard to do like you know, um, if if your goal is to make non-con like a like a sexy thing in a book to make the, the reader feel a certain way, you have to be a very, very skilled writer to make that happen. Yeah. Dubcon, on the other hand, can definitely be hot because, again, you can you can read that the, the, hero, the hero heroine is actually enjoying it in spite of not wanting to or saying that they don't want
1: yeah. to. And yeah, the other thing is like, why are they saying no? Mm-hmm. Because that matters so much in the book. It was like, I'm in love with Hector. It's like, <laughs> you don't love Hector. You feel that you have to marry Hector. She's like, yeah. no, we can't do this. Ah. And he's like, <laughs> yes, I knew you want this. You practically begged me for it. It's like, yeah. but Hector. And it's like, fuck Hector. And then, yeah, like, like sorry if anyone listening is named Hector. <laughs> um, I don't know where I was going with that <laughs> no I,
0: I get it no like I said I get it, it I mean it, the dubcon conversation is an interesting conversation to have because like you said there's just mm-hmm. so many reasons for it and why it's on the page and like with everything you have to write it well right if you write anything poorly it's gonna suck so and it's not gonna do what you want it to do but if you write it well it's going to work on so many different levels for your story <laughs> and for the reader. So I think like, Santana did a great job with Dubcon here.
1: She does. She does a wonderful job because I think with anything done poorly, you can achieve it. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't ever achieve ick. And she's dealing with some pretty, pretty advanced level, uh, like, you know, postgraduate level, dark romance concepts.
0: Yeah. And you get the premise cool. of the premise of the three of them going at it at the same time. Well, I just say the four of them going at it at the same time. Yeah, because there's all you know you at the very end there that you get a couple of scenes where it's just all of them in a pile. <laughs> and I, I had to draw myself a little diagram. I'm like, where is everybody?
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Where is all those? Are all these accounted for?
0: Mm-hmm. Like someone's gonna
1: get stabbed.
0: Yeah. And someone who doesn't want to get stabbed is going to get stabbed because the only one who wants to get right. stabbed is Sunny. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's true. Sunny is just like, do you think she'd use that knife on me? It's like, dude, get yeah. help.
0: <laughs> do you know? Do you think there's going to be a second book? Do you know if there's going to be a follow up?
1: Um, I don't know. I don't know. I would definitely be open to narrating it. Yeah. If if there's a follow up if it's in the same universe i would be very surprised if she didn't want me to narrate it
0: yeah uh, with
1: the same characters i mean
0: yeah my only thought about that is because the whole point of the book is to bring down the church and kind of like restore the us to a more neutral level and mm-hmm. that doesn't happen at the
1: end of this book
0: They are working towards it, but it doesn't happen.
1: No. I have to wonder if part of that, you know, we can spend all this time questioning why someone wrote something a certain way. I have to wonder if part of that is because there is this frustration. There is this unresolved nature about our current situation. Mm -hmm. There is this sense of like almost hopelessness and a roar of defiance that is... Kind of building among certain groups. So I have to wonder if maybe leaving some of it unresolved, if it is left unresolved, is because we are in a situation where it is not fucking resolved.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: You know, so if it's a commentary, then maybe resolving that, it's going to be kind of like 1984. At the end of 1984, no one's happy. Mm-hmm. It was all pointless. It was hopeless. The individual is powerless yeah. after all. It's gone too far. Yeah. And like that can kind of serve the the idea. So maybe that's what she's doing. Maybe she's serving the idea by allowing that unresolved situation to continue.
0: Possibly. Yeah. Because there's definitely a happily ever after for our characters, right? They all, well, Sunny marries Romina and then they go to, is it Ireland? They go to a different country at the end and then all of them get married. mm um, <laughs> Because we've kind of spit, skipped over a lot of it. But Romina ends up being Arlen Black's granddaughter. So she inherits everything. But the only way to kind of like... well The, the stipulations he kind of made was that she has to marry Sonny. Because Sonny is the one that he raised from like a baby. And he's the one who's going to take over this satanic church that Arlen read. Uh, not read. Ran so he wanted like a blood connection to the person who is running the church um and actually i actually thought when when we found out that arlen died before meeting um romina i i thought that mm-hmm. he lied about his death i thought he was just kind of like luring them back to the house to meet her cuz <laughs> they kept they kept kind of like pushing the meeting off because they didn't want him meeting her. So I was like very nervous when they got to that house. <laughs> I was like he's going to step out of the, yeah. it was like the boogeyman. I was like, where is he coming out of?
1: Well, yeah, because he is, he is so very evil. Like, mm-hmm. does he stand in opposition to, you know, the other powers that are also evil? Yeah. Is he evil himself? Most definitely.
0: Yeah. Well, it's almost like that. Like, why did he, like, you have to question why he wanted to topple the church that had all the power. Is it because he wanted to have all the power, right? If he toppled that church, he wasn't, he, he had all that money, right? He could have been doing what Romina was doing this whole time by helping people Mm -hmm. with the money, but he wasn't. He, his whole goal in life was just to do as much damage to the church as possible so that he could, I think, Take over the government, you know, not so that he could help people. He was using that as a shield, you know, as to like why they were doing it. But I don't think he was going to be doing anything good once he did what he wanted to accomplish, you know?
1: Yeah, I I agree that the altruism was definitely lacking with him. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you want to know what someone's going to do when they get more power, look at what they're doing with what they have now.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So it's a great point yeah
0: but yeah no that's why i'm curious i'm curious i'm gonna have to uh be like yo santana all right are we gonna finish what we started here
1: (laughs) have you had her on
0: i have not i'd love to
1: yeah she'd probably be dumb santana's super cool
0: she is super cool i like Santana. i'm gonna have to i I have a, a bunch of people that i'm i'd like to have on the podcast um it's just logically and and kind of like with equipment wise i have i have to like make sure that my microphone goes out to this person and i get it back on time to, so in order to like schedule things i might need to buy another set of um headphones and another like traveling microphone cuz i i send a microphone out to people when i'm recording with wow. them so that it's better
1: i didn't get a mic
0: oh please <laughs> you have a mic
1: i do i do
0: you have a better microphone and a better setup than i do so um you are a built-in guest host because i can yeah. literally call you and be like hey do you have a minute because
1: <laughs> i do yeah, it's like i mean yeah yeah i will i'm always i'm always down to ps with you
0: I yeah, I love talking to you. And like I said, you're you always have such kind of profound and interesting things to say, not only because you do this as a living and you read romance novels as a living, but because of your like you're a guy. You just bring a different perspective, right? You think of things that I do not think of just because of my the way my brain works, you know, and my life experiences. Everybody brings something different to the table. So.
1: Yeah. And I I know that I end up liking different guys than, you know, my FEM friends do sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I like this guy, but I typically like him because he's a better guy. You know, it's not necessarily that he's a good guy. He doesn't need to be a good guy. Yeah. But there are certain things that I'm like, wow, dude, really? (laughs) When I read it, I'm like, that's... you know, so it's a failure as a guy, and then you know that disqualifies him for being best guy to me.
2: <laughs> but like a
1: fem character or a fem person, I mean, could be like, oh no, like that's fine. He's still six two. That's what matters. Yeah. I'm like okay, fair.
2: <laughs> it's true.
0: Um. Once you you hit that six foot mark, like a lot of, a lot goes unnoticed in a in a bad way. Right. It does. Yeah. It's like height blindness in a way. They get away with more.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah, he's like, hello, little goblin. And it's like, <laughs> he just called you a goblin? And she's like, yeah, shut up. He's seven feet tall.
2: Yeah. Hey.
0: Hey, I think the, um, similar could be said with each cup size. The guys go blind a little bit, you know, depending on what they're into.
1: Yeah. He's like, oh, hey, it's you, you stupid little shit it's like hey i mean like, really that's that's what you're worth it's like um she's she's i what size are those
2: <laughs> yeah
0: also you know some people i just recorded a, a couple of episodes ago i recorded with rara from pink kink podcast and you know some people have nice. a, have a degradation kink so they like it when you that's talk true. down to them so
1: that's true <laughs>
0: Yeah. Um.
1: Yeah, like you're you're like, wow, that's really mean, and they're like, keep going.
0: Yeah, <laughs> say more mean things to me. <laughs> I had to explain Step that on my eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> I had to explain that to my husband because he um he doesn't read dark romance. I guess he kind of vicariously <laughs> does because I explain a lot of it to him. Like, like if Tori's not around or I have no one to talk to about my books, I'm like babe, I got to talk to you about this book.
1: Right.
0: So he, I have to let it out. Yeah. He thinks that like dark romance means degradation and, and that women like it when you talk, like when you degrade them and you talk shit about them or, and you say like mean things to them. And I guess in a, in a way kind of, because most women, I've, I've talked about this on the podcast. Most women like a bad boy, right. Who makes fun of them like they think that if you make fun of them that it's a good thing right why -hmm. is that why do we like it so why why do we why do you think because I I think I know why
1: there's there's a lot of nuance Mm -hmm. there's a lot of nuance I think one of the things is like no one likes to simp and so I think that you're kind of validating your non-simp card but the other thing is like delivery is super important. You know? Yeah. So it's like, oh, did you like that? It's like that no one like I don't know. Like, that's not the delivery. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, was that nice? It's like, wow, that guy's an asshole. You know? <laughs> like But if you deliver it like, oh, did you like that? And it's like there is there's a, a way. That you deliver something and like even delivering degradation it's the same kind of thing like if someone's like oh you're a filthy little slut then it's like ouch that was mean yeah you know like are we having a breakup right now <laughs> but if a guy's like oh you're a filthy little slut then it's like we're having fun together that mm-hmm. was for you so i think that a lot of it is like if you're picking on somebody for them to enjoy it then they'll enjoy it if you're picking on somebody and you don't give a fuck about their feelings then you're going to deliver it differently because it's for your enjoyment and Mm -hmm. that's when people don't like it
0: i think that is a very valid opinion i'm going to take it to a step further and i say that most women like assholes because we Mm -hmm. were brought up being told that if that little boy in school is picking on you it's because he likes you yeah Right. How many times have we been told that that little boy is pulling your pigtails? He's calling you names. Oh, sweetie, it's because he likes you. (laughs) So we're brought up kind of like being reinforced that if someone's mean to you, (laughs) they they like you. So when you grow up, a lot of that's already ingrained in your brain and it's too late, buddy. It's too late. And we have that in us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Goes from like, oh, he my pigtails. Do you like me, Timmy? To like pull my hair. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, exactly. How many of us are yeah. like getting our hair pulled? Like, same, you know? Um, same reason. Again, like a lot of times I have to unprogram my brain because I was brought up being told that. And my husband is definitely an alpha hole, right? That is what he that's what I mean, first of all, he loves that word. Um but secondly like that's just what his classification is. He's a very like funny, sarcastic but very mean person, <laughs> like outwardly. He's not an actual mean, mean person, but like outwardly he is. He was brought up that way. He's brought up with two other, two brothers, two older brothers, and he had to fight his battles. Like, to survive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. And I was definitely attracted to the fact that he was an asshole because I was brought up that way. So whenever he's nice to me, I have to stop and think and be like, why is he being so nice? You know, like, And it's like, because we are married and I love you, you idiot. Like, of course, I'm nice to you. Right. But I have to almost reprogram myself.
2: Yeah.
0: find myself constantly be like, what? Why are you nice? What do you want? Why are you doing this? He's like, we've been married for how many years now? Like,
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um,
1: yeah, I'm not I'm not one of those guys. It's like mean to my wife. I'm not mm -hmm. really a mean person. I'm really good at like violence, but <laughs> I'm not someone who enjoys doing it to people. You know, like yeah. I mean, come on, I've, I've got decades of of training in in the hurdy skills. So, <laughs> like, technical term, but I don't like hurting people. But like with my wife, I'm like I don't know. I'm definitely nicer. I've never been, I've never been one to pick on her i had to kind of learn that because her family's big on picking on each other mm. so she actually would pick more initially yeah so like i had to learn how to express in that love language
0: yeah yeah hey we all have to learn each other's <laughs> <laughs> each other's buttons and and yeah. what to push and what not to push so
1: she does she does really like the protectiveness though of course like I remember I came to visit her in high school one time back when we were kind of just getting going. We hadn't officially started dating yet, but we were like clearly you know, kind of interested in each other. And I remember some guy ran over and slapped her butt. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? Mm -hmm. I was like, you don't do that ever again. And she was like, it's okay. They do it all the time. I was like, not anymore. Not anymore. You're worth more than that. Like he's he's an asshole and an idiot, and he doesn't get to treat you like that. I was like, okay, you're done. Don't make me come back. They're like, um, <laughs> uh, okay, like cool. I will fuck you up. <laughs> They're like, and that was that was done.
0: A real life book boyfriend. I love it. I love it.
1: And she she likes it. She giggles. There was a there was a van that pulled up next to. Um, there was a van that pulled up next to her car late at night and she was walking and it was like one of those super creepy, unmarked looking vans yeah, yeah. and it was like, there were like all these other places to park and it was like right next to her car. And she was like, wow, red flags everywhere. Like my crime junkie is going off in my head. <laughs> She's like, okay, well, I'm going to climb in through the other side. But she said that she saw that and just started laughing because <laughs> she was like, I just... I like there's a morbid part of me that wanted to see just how badly you would fuck them up
2: (laughs) if they actually
1: tried to kidnap me because like it's not even just me like my friends are like the most terrifying people literally on the planet Mm -hmm. they're all like CIA paramilitary some of them just straight up make people's body temperatures significantly colder as a living you know like that's (laughs) yeah that's their whole thing it's like (laughs) i i take you down to room temperature that's my whole job um and uh like so and they're all on like speed dial and so it's like the degree of like fucked you would be (laughs) so my (laughs) wife is just walking she sees a creepy van parked and just starts cackling the whole way to her car
0: she starts running to the van (laughs) try it bitch yeah
1: it was hilarious she called me afterwards she was like so anyway there's this creepy van next to the car I'm like why are you laughing (laughs) she's like everything's fine so there's this creepy van next to the car and I was just thinking like she wakes up in a good mood after watching me kill everybody in her dreams
0: that's amazing I love it see you belong on this podcast (laughs) we love us I I love your podcast oh thanks and we love you so thank you for being on the podcast thank you for coming back
1: I'm having a great time.
0: Yeah, I'm having a fun. I always have a fun conversation with you. So, thank you for yeah for speaking with me. Is there anything else you want to say about this book? I mean, you spent probably more time with this book than I. W- I wouldn't say anybody because I'm sure Santana spent more time with it, but almost within anybody <laughs> yeah. else.
1: Yeah, she had to polish all the words individually. Mm. I got to say them in sentences.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. But yeah, like it was, it was really interesting getting to do this, this project, the production side hit some like hangups and stuff like where there was, there was a bit of friction with the production company mm. for a little bit. And then, you know, Santana kind of came in and we had to work around cause I wanted to do the book and, you know, there was some miscommunication with the production company and then they were mm. like, Oh, okay. And then We ended up making it happen. I made some stuff happen on my end. Santana made stuff happen on her end. And like we were able to get me on the project, which was great. Um, But uh, initially, there was some friction. And we overcame that because we both really wanted me to do the project. Awesome. Um, That was really cool. It was really cool to overcome those initial hurdles. Um, And then Santana, the love Santana has shown for... Like my part in the project made this immensely satisfying.
0: Well, you did an amazing when you, job when you
1: work with an author. Thank you. I tried really hard.
0: <laughs> you succeeded. I when I said my brain melted, it really did. I mean, if you guys haven't listened to the audio, you should because we should say this. If you have Kindle Unlimited, you can listen to the kin, like to the audio. Did you know this, Corbin? No. Yeah, if you have Kindle Unlimited, which most romance readers do because we just consume romance at such a high pace that it, it just makes sense to have a almost a subscriptions kind of situation.
2: I, yeah, did, I
1: have a KU. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, I didn't I didn't pay for it. Like I downloaded the KU right to read. And then you go and you can for zero dollars download the Audible because it's part of the KU. Wow. Yeah. Well, you're welcome everybody. Yep. So, yeah. you just have to make sure that you download the book like the the Kindle version first because that way <laughs> it knows that you have KU, you know, I don't know. Um and then the best part is you can kind of go back and forth and it um you can either listen and read at the same time or like me, I did both. Like I I read a little bit and then if I was driving, um I would listen and it I like it because it, like knows where you stop. like synced. It's amazing. But mm-hmm. but yeah, you did you i mean, the the female narrator was really great, too, but it opens up with you saying that insane line about saying God one more time between their legs. And, yeah. um, it was i'll I'll put it in here.
1: you call out God's name one more time while I'm between your legs. Even he won't be able to save you, little lamb.
0: Yeah, um, that's uh, done. That's it. Like that. Do, do you need anything else, guys? Like, go listen to it now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So it Did I mean, come through guys. all right. That was an amazing. Yes. <laughs> Don't yeah, worry. Um. No, you always sound great. I think you're. I, I understand why you're like this, but. You always sound great. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the, the auto audio was incredible, even at 1.3 speed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like um, when when people are like, yeah, I listened to your, your work and they'll like play it for me back. And it's like, chapter one. And I'm like, good girl. <laughs> like, oh, no. I'm like, come on. At least slow it down to so it's like, good girl. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like the rumbles bleed together if you go too fast. Oh, yeah. I work mm-hmm. for those rumbles.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's half the reason to listen is to get like the, you know, the tingly feelings.
1: <laughs> the tingly's, the tingly's are, are definitely a big part of the, the and it's so. It's so interesting working in romance because you have to sit there and constantly decode the author's intent if you want to be really good at it. Mm -hmm. Like you sit there and you read and you go like, oh, this line, the author is proud of this line. I need to hit this line with everything. You can't hit every line with everything because then it all bleeds together. You hit every line with intention and emotion and stuff. But there are some lines and you just have to sell the shit out of them. Mm -hmm. And So you're constantly trying to read the author's mind because you go like, what lines do they want to pull out of this and use for marketing? Mm -hmm. You know, and I need to hit that line hard enough that when they pull that out and use it for marketing, it goes viral because then their book does better. And I, the reason why I work so hard to narrate for Indies is I'm like, I'm super invested in their success because... You know, like I'm a, I'm a little narrator running. Well, um, I'm I'm a very busy narrator, but I'm running around, you know, like kind of doing my own thing. But all of my friends are authors.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I mean, yeah, I've got I've got narrator buddies, and that's great. But like, for every narrator friend I have, I have three author friends, and yeah. so I've fallen in love with the journey from you know first book through, you know, first bestseller listing. And so I, I've fallen in love with that and I want to be part of it because no one cares like authors and readers care. Yeah. You know? So if I can tap in and be a part of that emotion, that's what has brought me the first satisfaction in my job since I left the army. I left the army and you know, like you've got a hundred people calling you, sir, and then you leave and it's like, no one gives a fuck. Mm -hmm. Like, And then all of a sudden, and it's not that no one cares about you, it's that no one cares about your job. Yeah. You know, you're just doing a job. But when you get to be a narrator, you get to, you know, work in the reader space. There's so much passion. Yeah. And so getting to be part of that, man, I don't know. I love it. And it makes me want to sit there and and read their mind and go like, how is she going to want me to say little lamb? You know, (laughs) how is she going to want that? Yeah. Like, cause there's no way, there's no way you start with a line like that and you don't want it to hit like a freight train.
0: Of course. Yeah. No, it was amazing. As I just said, I just wasn't expecting it. You know, when you, <laughs> when you start it, you're like, oh crap. Okay. We're already in here. Okay. Like, the, you know, it's not like, oh, Ramina woke up and went to the bathroom. It's like, oh no, we're, we're okay. We are, we are starting with something.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Which yep. is exactly where yeah. you want
0: to start. You know, it definitely pulls you in and you're you're right there in the moment. So I mean I blushed my whole way through this book.
1: You wake up on an airplane wing, like wind flapping. You're like, we're going. Okay, we're, yeah. we're where yeah. are we going? We're going somewhere fast.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I I definitely blushed my way through this whole thing. The whole thing. So
1: That's awesome. It's it's hard to achieve to achieve blush with you. You you're a veteran.
0: No, I'm I blush. <laughs> I blush at everything. I giggle through everything. I have the maturity level of a 13-year-old boy, which is precisely why this podcast works. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're like ha, 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 boobs.
0: Yes. Like aha, he he she's that penis. <laughs> it's yeah i mean you did a great job and it definitely shows that you're passionate and that you really care so i think that that's meant you know that that says it all right there
1: Really, really glad
0: yeah do you have any palette cleansers what are you what are you working on or anything you want to plug
1: any palette cleansers um (laughs) i'm working on a lot of projects with Angelina Roca. If you don't know who that is, she is one of the best narrators on the planet. That's not an exaggeration. I get to work with a lot of them. Um, But yeah, Angelina Roca is probably the smoothest voice to ever grace this planet. Um, And uh, so I'm working on Raven's Cry with her and a few other projects.
0: Who's Raven's Cry by?
1: Uh, Raven's Cry is by Charlie Nottingham.
0: Charlie. Oh, Charlie is great.
1: So I'm doing Raven's Cry. Hopefully no one crucifies me for my Scottish accent.
0: (laughs) Ah, Oh, you have an accent. I can't wait to listen to that.
1: I have two. I have two.
0: Awesome.
1: Yeah. One guy is a British dude and he's originally from York. And so there are like little elements of a york accent that come in from time to time Mm -hmm. i couldn't lean into a a york accent proper because like it uh it doesn't really communicate vampire i will Mm -hmm. say that Mm -hmm. um you know i not to pick on anybody's accent but it's notoriously hard to understand
2: okay so i can't
1: i can't do that for an audiobook
0: no no we need to understand everyone would be like (laughs) what
1: is happening yeah (laughs) so that and then the scottish accent and it's it's a bit scots irish really because he's not from scotland he's from another plane that Mm -hmm. has like a lot of uh a lot of like i guess pictish but also celtic influence Mm -hmm. and so you've got that so he's kind of like he speaks like irish gaelic Mm -hmm. sometimes but he's described as having like a borderline Scottish accent, so I had to kind of play with it and find find like his accent.
0: What's that book about?
1: Um, that one's actually really fun. So you've got it's a not a why choose proper at this point. You've got two people, and you have there's a bit of a mystery. So you've got you've got um, Graham, and he's like a Scottish dude. That's Fay. He's like mm-hmm. vaguely Scottish. But he's Faye, And then you have Ezra. And Ezra is a sexy British vampire type. And so you've got Graham. And he's um, like the best friend, shared trauma bond, that Mm -hmm, whole thing. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's kind of evolving into this romantic relationship with uh, Ezra being the guy that kind of sweeps sweeps her off her feet initially. And so... Yeah, and then he starts to kind of get jealous. But Ezra's a really good guy, so we can't like actually be upset at him. So, and then you know things evolve. There's like some uh, some polyamory going on, Ooh. and it's it's a lot of fun. That it's a sounds... lot of fun. But I don't want to give away. I don't want to give away like the secrets because no. there, you know there's mysteries involved. Trying to figure out because she's a witch, mm-hmm. and so she's trying to figure out like why she's having visions and you know what really happened with the death of her sibling and, you know, a lot of that stuff. And then meanwhile, there's a bunch of humor and smut and it's delightful.
0: That sounds like uh, something we will all definitely be be looking forward to. Sounds like a fun time.
1: I, I I enjoy it. Yeah. And then I'm doing two books for uh, Kennedy Ryan, if you know who that is.
0: Yeah. Kennedy Ryan is amazing. Love her. Love Ken. Yeah, that's a big yeah, deal so, congratulations yeah,
1: thanks so yeah i'm doing two books for her i'm pretty excited and i'm yeah I'm, I'm honestly working on a lot i'm working on a lot life uh life kind of screwed my schedule a little bit major life events happening recently yeah but um we're back on track we're cruising
0: Hey, it's not life unless it's fucking with you somewhere, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it'd be a shitty story if it was like, yeah, so no shit, there I was. It was honestly a really smooth drive. We just kind of drove to the top.
0: Yep, exactly. That's
1: it. Yeah, (laughs) It's like, okay, uh, why did, like, I mean, cool story, bro, I
0: guess. Yeah, I'm glad that I'm giving you a breather with Ro then because you have no time for Ro at the moment anyway, so...
1: Yeah, well, and Roe is is honestly my portion is going to be fairly short. Yes, but really fun. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot of like
0: practice your growling. <laughs> yeah, that's all you're gonna do.
1: It's uh, what 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 are like his lines, like, um, like uh, like Yes, that's one it's, of his his lines. I think.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, and that's that's a lot of that's a lot of uh a lot of what he's saying
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then like
2: it's a little
0: then, like grunting Gosh.
1: <laughs> mm. uh, faster faster mm. <laughs> yeah yeah, yes. yeah
0: yeah that's gonna I, it's it's a lot of fun like i said i'm definitely working on it but at a very slow speed because like you said life throws a lot at you at once and you're like shit i can't do all of this at once
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's like Yes. Do I want to get to the, like, primal Tarzan retelling non-con breeding primal kink that is this book? Yes. Yes, Yes, I think we all want that. Yes. However, I also need to sleep sometimes. Yes. (laughs) Like, this morning, I gave my wife a cup of coffee at 6.30 in the morning, and then I went to bed.
0: (gasps) Yeah, you you stay up so late. That's insane. That's insane. it's, it's a bit much. Yeah. See, in my case, I have like what I call my my job job, which pays the bills. So mm-hmm. I have to do I have to do that job before I do anything else. And um, yeah. as much as I'd love to just stop that and like you said, read a primal Neanderthal non-con book um, into a microphone. I'd love to do that, but. That's not going to pay me, (laughs) you know, and and then um, I'm I have podcast duties and thankfully Dylan is nice enough to like not give me a deadline. So I take my time with it.
1: Yeah, Dylan is amazing and I love her writing and I love how kind and understanding she is as a person. Yes. I'm a huge fan.
0: Me too. Everybody go. Go read Row because it's amazing. And if you have read Row and you have not listened to Corvin's in my episode, that's in season one. Go back and listen to that. We had a great time yeah, talking that one's about fun. it. And that was we have a little sneak sneak peek of the audio at the very end of that episode. So
1: yeah, and that was you now the audio. The actual audio is going to be way better. Than yes,
0: that. yes, that was just like but... my a little addition piece. yes um yeah but anyway my palate cleanser is that i am reading something that one of my lovely trigger tribe um members i don't know if she wants to be named so i'm not going to name her um recommended me a book and it's called the pucking wrong number by (gasps) have you are you gonna do that book
1: um, no, but I'm friends with the narrator.
0: Oh, okay. I was gonna say I don't even know if it's on audio. I'm reading it.
1: <laughs> it's coming out. Is it? Yeah, oh. she's really good. She's in there with Troy Durant.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's a really fun book, guys. It's a hockey romance, which um I'm not a big sports romance girl, because sports are not like a big thing for me. But there there's so much jealous possessive in this and the and then the hero is absolutely unhinged and just does crazy things to to get the girl which we all love on, on trigger warning romance so I'm not going to again I don't just like right. you I'm not going to spoil it but um, one of you recommended me this book and I'm absolutely loving it so thank you <laughs> I'll link it in show notes anyway Corbin thank you so much for coming on is there anything you want to like I know you already like plugged the two books. Like, anything else you want to... Where can we people find you if they if they want to contact you?
1: Um, okay. So I am on TikTok as Corbin King. I'm on Discord as Corbin King. I am on Instagram as Corvin King. And I, uh, my email is corbinkingvo at gmail.com. And you can also talk to Hype Girls, my PA service. Uh, like, I don't own them, but they keep me alive and in check. <laughs> so you can talk to them and be like, hey, I'm trying to get a hold of Corbin. And then they'll be like, Corbin, answer your phone, Corbin. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and then you get a hold of me.
0: Awesome. Well, once again, thank you so much for coming on and um, dazzling us with your incredible voice. I'm sure everybody's um, <laughs> melted by this point. So.
1: No, I didn't even do anything cool.
0: You Please, you always do something cool. And your voice is just great as it is. You don't need to try, so... Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I've been trying
1: this whole time. Oh, we appreciate (laughs) it.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Um, No, yeah, uh, we're not sure what book is coming next. So I, Future Nat, will insert it here. And... Um, We hope that you have a great week and uh, we'll see you next week, everybody. Take care. Uh. Hi, Future Nat here. And our next episode is still a little bit up in the air because Mr. Savage has agreed to come on the podcast and let me talk to him about one of my favorite romance novels. However, you have to vote on what that romance novel is. So please... Check out our socials and vote and stay tuned, everybody.